What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Triple F Podcast, Fitness, Food, and Freedom. Today's show coming out on Friday. I'm sorry I missed Wednesday's show. I'll be talking about that in this podcast at the beginning. And that, in fact, leads into what I'm talking about today, which is sleep. Sleep is very important. It is likely the most important supplement, so to say, that you could implement into your health and fitness journey and your lifestyle. Today, I'm talking about kind of my story about a lack of sleep and then also some tips on getting better sleep, deeper sleep, and you know, taking the benefits of sleep for your own life. Uh, that's what today's show is about. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. If you like the show, please reach out to me with your questions for the podcast. I really like answering listener questions, making these things custom at least to one of you because more more people than just you would likely benefit from your question being answered. If you have the question, probably other people do too. You can reach out to me, jordansultzfitness at gmail.com. I put that in the description of the podcast all the time. And then also on Instagram, Stoltz Jordan, and Facebook, Stoltz Jordan, I believe. Uh, so you can reach out to me on those platforms. I'm also on YouTube, Jordan Stoltz on YouTube, if you want to follow along with some vlogs of my day-to-day life, that kind of thing. I keep the fitness information to this medium, though. Thank you for listening to another show, episode 366 of the podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here, your host, with another episode of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. Welcome to another show. Today, I want to tell a little story because I did not come out with a podcast on Wednesday, which I'm sure all you loyal listeners noticed, Um, and I have a reason why, and I'm going to talk about it today. So I'm recording this one on Thursday. This is going to be coming out on Friday, and yesterday was Wednesday, which was kind of a rough day. So if you know, we have a few dogs, and one of our dogs passed away earlier this year. Um, One of our other dogs... The original, the OG, her name's Piper. And Piper had a little bit of a health scare Tuesday night, um, which I guess, I mean, it pretty much ended up being an emergency trip to the vet. I'll just tell the whole story, I guess. So I have a few different theories on what happened, and I think it had to do with her eating a mouse and that mouse upsetting her stomach, so she ate a ton of grass. And she ate this grass called foxtails, which are... um, I think it's like some kind of barley grass that grows around here. And in the warm summer months, it starts to kind of dry up. And this grass, it looks like a little foxtail. It's a blade of grass with a fuzzy thing on the end of it. And what happens is those little fuzzy things pop off. And they have little barbs on them. They can get stuck in you know, on, on their fur, worst case, in their mouth, in their nose, that kind of thing. And I think she ate some of that grass. That's just a theory. There was a lot of that grass around where she was. She ate a lot of it. All of a sudden, she started sneezing, gagging, choking, um, and vomiting. She vomited four or five times on Tuesday afternoon and then was just gagging constantly. So we went to bed Tuesday night, a little bit worried about her, but she kind of went worse and worse that night, and she was sitting there 
the only way to describe it is like her gag reflex was spasming. It's like her throat was just spasming. She couldn't stop having like this gagging motion, choking almost, and I wasn't sure if she was getting good air or not. So we called the vet emergency line, and we went in because I didn't want to sleep because I wanted to keep an eye on her, and that was probably 11. We called the vet the first time. The vet said, keep an eye on her, take her in in the morning. If it's still happening, um, but just let her sleep the night, and that wasn't happening. I kept an eye on her from 11 to about 3, and just constant. It was almost like she's having panic attacks. She didn't know what to do, why she kept gagging and choking, where to maybe get air. She wanted to go outside just frantically and eat grass to maybe throw up, something like that, or pass something through. So didn't sleep a wink, and about 3, 3.30, called the vet one more time, woke him up, of course, and said we're bringing her in. So we drove, because we live out in the country, we drove 45 minutes into town to go take her in. She was looked at, got some different uh, medications to kind of relax her stomach and take care of some inflammation. He looked things over, checked her mouth, all that. And then we brought her home and I slept from 6.30 to 8. And then she had to go outside at 8. We went outside and I came back and slept from about 8 to 9. So two and a half, three hours of sleep somewhere in there for the whole night. Now, that's pretty not typical for me. I sleep pretty well. I'd say my whole life, I've been a good sleeper. You know, I I remember story time back when I was a little boy. I get some stories read to me at bedtime, and I would fall asleep really early in the story in the book. And I would want my dad to stay there in bed with me snoring, because he would fall asleep too, of course. And the snoring helped me stay asleep even better because of the noise, kind of like a little personal noise machine. I'd always be a good sleeper. I remember my brother always needed a little bit more, you know, more stories, more books, more perfect conditions for sleep. I was always someone that could zonk out anywhere. Back when I was in high school, we went on a couple trips with our class, senior class. One of those were riding the bus, like all the way back from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we were driving back. And I remember there's, you know, it's of course, it's a bus. There's nowhere really to sit. And I was sitting in the back row of the bus, which didn't have any reclining motion of the seat. So you're just sitting straight up. Didn't really want to sit straight up and sleep. So I laid on the floor of the bus and slept literally the whole way, like five hours back to our school. And I, well, you know, just that being said, I can sleep pretty much anywhere. Planes, trains, automobiles, floors, twin beds, king beds, motels, wherever. I can sleep. So it's not a typical problem for me to get two or three hours of sleep in a night. It is a big difference. I typically get usually around seven or eight, sometimes six, uh, depending on the night. And I pretty much do really well with over five and a half or six hours of sleep. It's all pretty much the same after that. Maybe uh, the tiredness adds up a little more if it's under like six and a half or so, but I do pretty well. So I really noticed a big drop off the next day. And that's what I want to talk about in today's podcast more is what I noticed and then give some tips for good sleep so you can take advantage of the super important thing. The next day after that, which was Wednesday, which is why I didn't record a podcast, just didn't feel up to it because one thing was the brain fog. Big time notice the brain fog. My sleep suddenly dropped off like that. And you know, parentheses, I'm about to become a dad in a month and 
I'm sure this will become a more common thing. So I'll have to just work through this, find other things to manage this and still get my projects done. But this was a bit of a shock of no sleep to me. So that is why it kind of sparked the um, trouble I had. And then also this episode, but the mental fog was a big one. Kind of felt like I was floating around in a cloud all day in the morning, especially had this fog. Uh, motivation was pretty low because of that and just felt a little bit blah, you know, not really hungry. Appetite wasn't very high. Um, part of that maybe was the stress from the night, but also just wasn't performing very well in work and things like that. So I'd put performance as another thing that I noticed decreasing, even though I didn't train, didn't go to the gym or anything that day. Um, it was a long day farm work that day. And, uh, even though I didn't go to the gym or anything, I noticed a decrease in performance, whether it was like lifting something at the job site, or maybe it was just walking around with boots on, you know, how your legs sometimes feel strong, sometimes they feel weak and noodly, definitely weak and noodly. Um, and then that night, actually, we had combined a lot, we were harvesting on our family farm, and we're doing a lot of work on that, we we're out there probably till about nine, nine thirty. So with a full day of work like that, from whenever I woke up from all of that lack of sleep, 9 a.m. to 9.30 or 9 p.m., that, you know, I needed something to get me through the day. So I had a lot of caffeine that day, which was what I noticed as kind of a side effect is that I was definitely relying on the caffeine to get me through. And I actually wasn't that tired, but it was kind of an artificial awakeness because of the caffeine. So a little bit of that brain fog still there, but still awake and there because of the caffeine. Next thing, um, just really wanted to talk about, about a lot, get a lot of questions about lifestyle, nutrition, optimality, getting your training program perfect, all these different things, getting the right supplements, what are my supplements, those kind of things. I'll tell you right now, the most important supplement, quote unquote, that you could have is sleep. If you focus your time, your effort, your energy on getting better sleep, more sleep, and focusing on that as a cornerstone of your health, you will see huge differences in not a lot of time. Good sleep affects everything, guys. It affects your hormone levels. For a man, it's going to affect your testosterone significantly. Um, I can't speak to women, but I'm sure it will have a positive effect on your hormones as well. I would say it also has an effect on your mood, and that might have something to do with the hormones, but if you feel a little bit moody, mood swings, extreme um, mood changes, things like that, or just feel in general a little bit, not totally depressed clinically, but you know, a little bit down, not super energetic and on fire about life, try getting a good night of sleep and see the difference that that can make. Also, it's going to have a huge effect on your performance. It's going to be the best performance supplement you can do. My best workouts have always come after good nights of sleep. If you have a bad night of sleep and then train, it's probably not going to go very well. And even if it does, that won't last for more than a couple workouts because you're going to be sleep deprived. You're sucking your body out of energy. The Even bigger than that, than your actual performance in your training is your recovery is going to be significantly decreased. Sleep is when you recover. It's the best time for you to recover, grow, adapt, and adjust to these different stimuluses you're putting at your body. And that is so important. If you're not recovering, you're not progressing. And progressing, like I said in last episode on Monday, is everything. So you're also 
not really going to be building muscle and burning fat as efficiently if you're not getting good sleep. It can still be done, but it's not going to be done as well, especially muscle building in my opinion, because the recovery is just not happening and you aren't actually building up that muscle again. In fat loss, I think it has a lot more to do with stress and it has a lot more to do with cortisol stopping this fat loss from occurring. And of course, if you're more tired, you just don't care as much and you're more likely to cheat on your diet. To be honest, it's going to be hard to stick it out long term, perform well, burn the same amount of calories, stay active if you're sleep deprived. Sleep deprivation is very, very, very detrimental to your progress. And it's the most important supplement you can have uh, to include better sleep and more sleep. So kind of the direction I want to take this episode after telling that little story about my sleepless night sleepless in Sykeston, North Dakota, so to say, I wanted to take this episode in the direction of some tips for better sleep. And some of these are classics. I have six tips written down. And some of these are classics, probably about three of them. Three of them are very anecdotal ones. I'm not a sleep scientist, PhD or expert, but I have experimented very heavily with performance for me and my clients and found what works for me to relax, wind down, and sleep well. Now, this is coming from someone who has not had a lot of trouble sleeping in the past, but these are very agreed-upon things that do work, but then also the things that I've really noticed make a difference in how well I sleep and deep I sleep because, in my opinion, it is better if you feel just as rested in six hours of sleep than eight, right? Because you're getting – it's not all about the time. It's about the quality. If you can actually notice an increased quality of your sleep – um, yeah, you're going to have a big, big benefit. And I have, what did I say? Six things. I might actually have seven. So I have seven, six or seven things. Uh, four of those are what I noticed. Three of those are classics. So let's dive into those next here on the podcast. Let's start with the classics, the go-to advice, but the very studied and approved medically advice here more than the anecdotal stuff. The first one is going to be keep your room dark. I've noticed a big increase on this one too. I lived in an apartment complex in Nebraska for a long time, probably six, not in the same apartment complex, but I lived in Nebraska for six years, that apartment complex for probably three. And one day, you know, about six months into our lease, One day they send the electricians out and they mount up these giant floodlights on the side of the building facing ours. This shines right in our window, exactly level with our window, these huge floodlights to keep, I know it's probably a safety thing to keep everyone's front doors nice and bright, keep the crime down, that kind of thing, but it's shown right in our window. So we took the investment over to Walmart, got some blackout curtains and been a fan ever since. The blackout situation, super dark room, no lights on, no even alarm clocks with digital displays. That total darkness is a huge difference maker for how fast I can fall asleep because once you just you know shut off the lights completely, it's completely dark, pitch black, nothing to do but sleep. And I've noticed a big, big benefit from that. Um So that's the first one. Experts definitely agree on that one. The second one is to keep your room cool. Of course, I'm a fan sleeper. Keep the air conditioner on even in Texas when I lived there for a few years. 
um, very hot, and we lived upstairs in a house, so with the master bedroom upstairs, it got pretty hot because the heat rose, and we know if it's, I mean, it's really hot there, guys. In Texas, it's like 100 degrees in the summer every day for like 20, 30 days straight, and at night, it only dips down to like 85 or 90. Like, it doesn't really get cool, and it's humid the whole time. So we had this portable air conditioner hooked up in our room where it blew the hot air out the window, and that made a huge difference in how well that we slept. Keep your room cool, keep your room dark, and you're going to have great sleeping conditions. You could even open the window, although I find that brings a lot of uh, sound that could be distracting. So I really prefer to... I really prefer to keep it uh, just cool and dark with with uh, man-made methods, so to say. The next one that's a little bit more studied is to kind of wind down before bed. This is one that's a little mix of anecdotal and studied because I've definitely noticed this and I've tried to do this more often. Wind yourself down at the end of the day, kind of coast into your sleep. Don't just go hard and then go to bed. If you're working on projects, stressed out, busy, you know, flurrying around all the way up until bedtime, you're probably going to have a hard time relaxing and it's going to take longer to fall asleep once you're in bed. Um, instead, I like to take some time and right now it's as simple as watching TV, hanging out, laying down on the couch, have a snack, pet the dogs, whatever, kind of wind down, whatever gets you relaxed, whatever gets you um just not stressed out and not anxious. That's what you need to do, as long as it's relatively healthy for you. Um, as long you know, if you're watching TV, maybe it's something more physical like stretching. Maybe it's rolling around on a on a ball or a foam roller, kind of force your body into that parasympathetic state. Those things are all really helpful. I like to wind down a lot, and that kind of goes with my first anecdotal one, which is to work hard and tire yourself out. I call this collapsing into your bed in a heap of exhaustion. That is the best way to get good sleep from what I've noticed. And that can be from workouts. That could be from your job. That could be from just being an awesome parent, spouse. Maybe it's uh, DIY projects at home, something like that. But work hard, earn your sleep, so to say. I definitely notice a difference on days I do some type of manual labor. I'm out in the sun. I could even be at the pool and I'm going to sleep better just from being out, sweating, hot, um, that kind of thing. Do a lot of hard work. Get things done. Go to bed with the feeling of accomplishment. But if your body's tired, you're probably going to get good sleep. Um, now, I do want to mention to not make your body too tired through workouts and stuff like that because I actually noticed um, when I went a little too hard, overreach a little bit, I had bad sleep because my body was so like stressed out because of that hard training. So be sure you are working hard but being smart about it and not just destroying your body because that destruction in your body will negatively affect your sleep actually. The next one is to brain dump, just like working hard, you're kind of taking, you're releasing the energy inside your body, also release the energy inside your head, and what I do is I hopefully finish my to-do list for the day, and if I don't, I'll delete it, and I'll make a new to-do list for the next day before I even go to sleep. That way, I'm set up for success the next day, but more importantly, I don't think about the things I have to do 
um, the next day. So if I have a lot of things at work to do, I have a lot of projects at the house, I'm going to be thinking about those. So I need to dump them, get them out of my head and know that they will be taken care of tomorrow. That little act has saved my mind a lot of anxiety and staying up looking at the ceiling thinking about stuff because I know it's set up for tomorrow and I'm going to take care of it tomorrow when I have more energy. So um, that has been a big difference for me. Brain dumping, working hard, you end up very free, empty, and just drained and tired at the end of that. Um, The next one is going to be carbs. And I think that this is a little bit more studied as well to include some carbs at night. Definitely notice, you know, if you're dieting or you're on low calories, you're going to sleep worse. And primarily that's because of the lack of carbs, I think, and the lack of carbs, especially at night, because when you don't have a lot of carbs, you are just, you just aren't going to be as satisfied and tired. I mean, it's like the opposite of Thanksgiving dinner, you know, after Thanksgiving, it's the turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy, sugar from the pie, all that stuff. It adds up and you just are so tired and want to take a nap. Those carbs make a big difference. If I have a high carb meal for dinner, I definitely sleep better. And I actually personally, maybe because of the amount of food I eat, but I like to have a snack around nine or nine 30, which is primarily carbs. I find I sleep a lot better, especially if they're actually slower digesting carbs. So not something like candy or ice cream, but more like something like uh, oatmeal, rice, bread, something like that. Actually, I notice a bigger benefit to my sleep from that specifically. Uh, The next one is some timing. And it's actually the last one, tip number seven. Um, watch, Watch the timing of things like caffeine, naps, and workouts. And all of these things are going to negatively affect you, maybe if you do them too late, depending on you personally. These are things that I find to affect everybody differently. Me, for example, if I have caffeine, I can have caffeine probably as late as 4, 4.30 or 5 even. And I could even have soda with dinner, um, something like coffee or a pre-workout, especially it would have to be a little earlier, like 3, 4, 4.30. Um, but I can sleep just fine even with that as long as I'm working hard and tiring myself out from it. Um, workouts, I could work out as late as I want and it's not going to keep me up. Naps, though, are going to keep me up. If I take a nap anywhere really in the afternoon for longer than 10, 20 minutes, and I'm not really a napper. It's not really something I enjoy or do, but I know some people are and do enjoy them. Take, naps will really keep me up because I'm just not tired, right? I already got some sleep. I could stay up even later because of the nap. So you need to experiment a little bit on yourself with these things. If you're struggling with getting to sleep or even feeling tired at nighttime, Maybe watch how amped up you are from things like caffeine and workouts and waking up from naps. If you are having trouble, maybe try to do earlier workouts, work out earlier in the day, maybe limit or take out your caffeine intake completely afternoon. Um, maybe, you know, try to just bump it an hour or two earlier each time and see if that makes a difference. Like try your afternoon coffee at two. Maybe you just eliminate it altogether. Um, things like that. And then of course your naps, if you're having trouble falling asleep, don't be napping at five when you get home from work. I don't know, um, exactly what your guys's habits are, especially working from home. Don't want to get you in trouble with your boss, having them think you're falling asleep on the job, but try to limit those naps if you can. And you're having trouble falling asleep. Sleep is super important. I learned that a lot this last week and on Wednesday, 
which was why there wasn't an episode because man, it does negatively affect you. I'm still feeling a little bit today. Had a great night of sleep last night. Feel awake and alert now, but boy, it definitely does take its toll and it lasts a while and it's definitely going to negatively affect my performance uh, in future workouts until I'm completely caught up, which might take a few days. And those things added up over time are going to really negatively affect the overall picture of things. It's what you consistently do. One night of sleep isn't going to ruin my progress, but even just the fact that it takes a few days to recover from that, I can tell that doing that every single night for years would really have a big effect. And I might see that firsthand once I have our baby, depending on what kind of baby he is. We'll see. Um, I'll have to keep you guys updated on that. Some of you might be sitting there laughing, knowing I'm in for a big struggle if this one night of bad sleep or no sleep really wrecked me like it did. Um, but hopefully, I'll be able to manage, adapt, and change some things around to get myself on track with where I want to be. And it's nothing wrong with you know taking a period of time that you know you're not going to get as much sleep, just kind of maintaining, focusing on what you can control, and then attacking your goal again later. It's just something that can really help you towards your goal if you're not trying to optimize it already. That's it for today, guys. Episode 366 of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. As I said in the intro, reach out through the links in the description of the podcast to ask your questions to the show. I'll see you guys in the next one. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on fitness, food, and freedom.